back in Superflex City, back in the commissioner's office, back here with Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher. Back in the sweet spot, Russ. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so it gets so steamy in here every time we start talking sweet spot, man. But uh, to a point where we actually had to, to take a couple weeks off uh, just to fan ourselves off, I guess. I don't know. Things were getting a little, we'll call it uncomfortable between <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> yeah, didn't know it was possible, but <laughs> we're as close as it gets. But man, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been uh, working on this series that we call the sweet spot, where we're just kind of identifying just kind of the middle ground to help you start up your your dynasty leagues. And uh, we've gone through, man, I mean, at this point, we're we're really kind of into the in-season stuff. Like, we haven't talked about the actual startup. We're going to hold off on that for the time being. But, I mean, you've kind of got all your settings. You, you know, you, for the most part, probably have your bylaws written, everything like that. We've given you, you know, all the guidelines for that stuff. So we're kind of into, you know, roster management. and you know, but not, some stuff that you're, you're still going to want to regulate some, you know, some things that you're still going to want to get out in front of, but it's, it's not to me, at least it's, it's not the type of stuff that you necessarily have to have figured out before you can, you know, start putting this league together. Um, but this is stuff to me that I, I think it belongs in the bylaws. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're so we're still going to talk about some of this stuff. I, I think that there's some very specific, very unique questions than it when it when it comes to, you know, roster management, some stuff that people deal with a lot. And I know that you get asked a lot about this. Um, so, you know, Mr. Trade Addicts, we're definitely we're going to we're going to start with trades. Got to oh. do it. Um. And again, because I've, I've got some questions for you that uh, like I'm asking in earnest, not just on behalf of, of our super friends who are listening, uh, but some questions that uh, that I that I have, you know, just on my own behalf for you as well. So, yeah, um, I mean, so there's the obvious stuff when it comes to trades. Right. I I, I mean. Let's let's just get it out there, even though it's really kind of a formality at this point. But, you know, vetoes, commissioner approval, like what's what's your what's the process um, for, you know, for for processing a trade, essentially. It's really funny when John and I were we have this uh, Google Doc where it has like an outline of each of the different parts that go into a league and the sub questions underneath. And we're trying to figure out what we were going to do today. And we did realize, like, should we just do the startup? I'm like, maybe we save that for the end. Like, that's the bang to this yes. whole sweet spot <laughs> setup, right? Like, that that's, like, the finishing moment. And, and he's right. We're in this stuff now where you don't necessarily need to have this 100% figured out before you're filling the league, before you're getting stuff going. Yeah. But it's still super important. And we're trying to pick what to do today. And I'm like, I think we can get these three things in. He's like, really? You think we shouldn't just do uh, waivers and trades? I'm like, I got to be honest. I know this is me talking, but I think trades is going to be super short. <laughs> because <laughs> my answer is just let it happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so let's let's go down the list we have here. Process trades immediately or have commission approval. 
I see mm-hmm. zero reason for commission approval. The only reason to have commission approval is if you're going to allow vetoing, which you absolutely should not. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to keep going in this before I get the one answer everyone comes back with. Uh, first of all, as a commissioner, and as a commissioner that runs about 15-ish leagues, I don't want that extra stuff on my lap. Like, just w- why am I going to have to... If, especially if I'm against vetoing, hashtag never veto, wh- why do I need to hit that button to let it go through? There are settings in at least my fantasy league, which again is what we're talking about because it's what John and I use. There are settings that won't let it go through if it creates an invalid roster or I think that, or or I guess if it's past a deadline, but those are really the two things that I think can think of that would make a commissioner hit no if it's not just straight up about vetoing. So I, I see zero reason for commission approval. And okay, and let's talk about vetoes. I've said it two or three times. Hashtag never veto. I even sell a t-shirt in ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. Hey, nice plug right there. Nice. But say hashtag never veto because you should never veto a trade. You do not know more than anyone else. If, as long as it's not collusion or cheating of any way, it goes through. And if it is collusion, you don't know it when it's happening anyway. Like, the trade will go through, and then you'll kind of find something out. And the thing is, getting rid of a trade that was collusion is not vetoing. That's undoing cheating. <laughs> so <laughs> those two are not the same thing. So if I'm in I'm Trade Addicts League, and it's really funny. In my bylaws, it says, when it's talking about collusion, it says, look, Everybody values players differently, but if you trade Antonio Brown for a fourth, then I know something's wrong. And I refuse to change that because I think it's hilarious that now, like, we're not too far off from Antonio Brown being with a fourth. Um, but, like, it, like, say a trade goes through of, like, Devontae Adams for a second and a third. And you're just like, yeah. no, what? <laughs> and then, like, you talk to one of the owners, then they're like, fuck it, I'm leaving anyway. And you're like, no, that's not how this works. You undo that, and you have that person that said they're leaving anyway, and you kick them the hell out. Like, that that's not vetoing a trade. That's undoing cheating. That's undoing unfairness. That that's not That absolutely is not veto. Unfairness is the wrong word, because we don't know what a fair trade is. But it's just like... Look at trades that happened literally last year, not not the season that just passed, literally 12 months ago. And try and remember how you felt when it first went through. You will find at least a handful of trades. You're like, why would this person do that? But now 12 months later, they clearly won that trade. Mm -hmm. Like think of how many times you traded for Rob Gronkowski right before he fell off the cliff or Peyton Manning right before. Like there's so many trades that happen that we don't see coming like trading for Julio Jones during the season last year, thinking you'll be able to flip him a little later in the season. when all of a sudden he's hurt the whole time and he's just not. And now it's almost impossible to move him, which I just went through. And that's a story for another podcast, but like you don't know, you're not smart as a commissioner. You're not smarter than your GMs. It's just the way it is. I know there are, there are a couple of leagues that use like a specific trade calculator like maybe they use dynasty trade calculator or the dlf trade analyzer and say it needs to be within a certain percentage closeness to be able to go through i just i it's babying your league i i don't yes. that's not your job as a commissioner like bad trades are bad trades are gonna happen i've made terrible trades like i and you know what i lived the only way to fix a bad trade is to make another one to make your team better and it's just 
too much work to police your league. It's not worth it. Even if it is your only league, it's not fun to do that stuff. And if you're like, if you feel the need to micromanage your GMs like that, either you probably might not should be running a league or you just have the wrong people in your league. If you can't trust the people in your league, kick them out. I think we've said this at least once a show at this point, but if you feel the need to check on a trade calculator, whether the trade goes through is worth putting through, something is lacking between you and your GMs. And it's just, it's not good for the league. It's not right for the league, especially when you have two owners who are just agreeing on a trade, like to have to be like, oh, fine. I like this trade, but let's put it through the analyzer to see if he'll let us put it through. Yeah. And then, and if it doesn't, and then like they have to add, the one side has to add, even though they agreed to a trade already. It's just, it's extra work. It is unnecessary. It is silliness at its worst. Like you're making things harder than you have to. And, and those, those, those analyzers, by the way, those calculators, those, I mean, that's still, it's still pretty subjective. It's just somebody else's subjectivity rather than the two participants. And especially if you're trading the day after someone gets hurt or yeah. when you're trading for like, say like, I feel like I'm putting a jinx on this, but like say Zeke gets hurt and you go to trade for Tony Pollard that day, calculators aren't going to catch up to that. Like right. there's, there's so much that can get in the way of that working, in which case you're gonna be like, all right, well, this time we'll let it slide. And then once you let it slide, you're going to have to let it slide every time, in which case you're going to find more and more reasons to let it slide, in which case just don't bother doing it. Man, I wish this was live stream. My hands are going nuts right now. Um, <laughs> we really got you going. I knew this would. I knew this would happen. You were so sure trades were going to be so quick and so easy. But I knew I was going to get you going with this. I didn't even really have to. St I. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I even said anything all that provocative. I just, just let you go. Just said, just, hey, just trades, looking at your face up? is provocative enough. Uh, <laughs> Man, sweet okay. spot. We're getting steamy again. <laughs> okay, so I think I've made my feelings clear on the vetoes. Yeah. And um, so the last two things we have on here are trade deadlines. And it's like a quote, like a forced trading. Again, we need live streaming because I'm doing air quotes. That's what? the one that I wanted to ask you about, by the way. I I, I, I know that you're going to try and gloss over that, but I... Oh, no, I, no. I will, I will absolutely talk about it because it needs to be okay. talked about. Um, okay. But first, let's get to deadline. Yeah. If you want one, more power to you. I, I'm not one of those people that will tell you you're doing it wrong if you have a trade deadline just because my leagues don't. Yeah. I don't believe in trade deadlines. I Everything is fair when everyone has a chance to do it. Everyone knows there is no deadline, so everyone has the chance to trade in the playoffs. If mm -hmm. you know that, maybe you don't sell all your picks. Maybe you don't sell all your youths until you get to the playoffs so you can use that as trade chips. Like it, You go in knowing this. Everyone yeah. has the same exact, I mean, advantage is the wrong word if everyone has it, but everyone has the same ability to do what that one guy did that it pissed you off three years ago. Like <laughs> most people that are against trade, having trade deadlines got screwed over by it at one point, but because they're like, well, no, this is, it's the playoffs. I'm too scared to trade. So I'm not going to do anything about it. But that other guy's like, screw that. This guy has a great week coming up, schedule coming up next week. I'm going to trade for him. And it worked out in his favor. But I got screwed over a lot trying to tinker too much of the playoffs last year. Like not every trade worked out for me. I definitely spent 
some of my future capital, trying to trade players that had good schedules. Like Adam Thielen had a great schedule. He didn't pan out every week of the playoffs last week, last year. I'm trying to think of more off the top of my head, and I just I can't. Like I think Corey Davis ended up bageling in like week 13 or 14 when you were trying to trade for him down the stretch. Like I'm trying to think of all the reasons people hate trade hate not having trade deadlines, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to show that. We like, like I said before, we don't always know better. <laughs> like, yeah. we can we can know as much as we can, and things just don't always work out. People could have great matchups and still suck, and we could lose future picks. And again, if you're worried that someone's going to sell out their team and then just bail, that's not a trade deadline issue. That is a GM issue. That is someone you should kick out of your league. And yeah. like, it'd be one of those like, you're fired. You can't fire me. I quit. Well, I guess it would be the opposite. Like. I quit. You can't quit. You're fired. Like with the second they try and leave, because that's a jerk move. And those people are jerks and you don't want them in your league. Um, My one. Wow. What the hell the word recommendation would be. There you go. Nice. (laughs) If you're going to have a trade deadline, you make it kickoff of the first playoff game Mm -hmm. that any earlier to me is just silly. (laughs) Like there's, there's no reason to make it like week 12. Because if your argument is you got to dance with the girl that took you there or whatever that saying is that I can never get right, yeah, you, you, you bring it up until the dance. Like, you bring it up until the playoffs. There's, like, having – I had one league that the trade deadline was the kickoff of Thanksgiving. And it's just like, why are we screwing ourselves out of two weeks' worth of trading? I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. And, and what changes between week 12 and week 13 that is, is you know – somehow untouchable like the only (laughs) thing you're doing is screwing out people that have backups that have handcuffs to running backs that get hurt or quarterbacks or stuff like that like everyone always sees it as a buying a championship but they don't see the other side of it like yeah i have a handcuff on my team or hell like i my team sucks and i need picks and this guy in the playoffs still has his first let me get rid of Poor Adam Thielen. I just keep going back to him. Let me ditch Adam (laughs) Thielen and get a first for him, which right now would be fantastic. And if I were in the playoffs, I would sell a first for him. Like, I think I'm going to win. That's why I'm doing this. Would I sell the 112 for Adam Thielen if it gets me that championship? Hell yeah. So there's both sides to this. And I I, I don't see why you would cut that off. But again, if you want it more power to you, I just say make it as late as humanly possible. And that is kickoff of playoffs. Um, one thing I will say, all or none, I despise teams in the playoffs can't trade, but teams out of the playoffs can. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that is just unfair, saying that these teams can trade and these teams can't. But also, I'm stuck with, I mean, what if I am stuck with, not, not even like Adam Thielen, because he still has value this year, but... Like, what if I'm stuck with one of those handcuffs who the running back already got hurt, but we know he's not going to be worth anything next year. Like, I should be able to unload him onto a playoff team. And hell, even if I get a second or a third for it, like in the playoffs last year, I sold Jeffrey Wilson for a third because what's he going to be worth soon? Now? Absolutely nothing. But I got something for him. I mean, that guy ended up winning the championship, but he won it by like 120 points. So it had nothing to do with Jeffrey Wilson. Well, I mean, a little bit, but not enough. But so, like, there's just so many aspects. I think it's just tying hands of Dynasty GMs. And there's there's no reason for it. Like, the only, like, the biggest reason you get is, well, that's the NFL has a trade deadline. Why shouldn't we? I think we've, I think I've gotten off on that. 
many of times <laughs> in, in this little uh, sweet spot segments that we've been doing that that's the dumbest thing ever that should never be your excuse for anything well the nfl does that this game we play is nothing like the nfl so don't try don't no absolutely not the nfl has you know multi-million dollar contracts involved that have to match up they've got yeah there's there's a lot more to it for them than than there is for us okay so for force trading wait let's let's start with your questions and then i'll take it off from there I think that's really kind of it. I, it. You know, just just very very fundamentally, how do you drive activity? I I'm in a ton of leagues, and um, you know, I mean, trade addict six was was going to happen either way, but like, you know, just kind of a a peek behind the curtain. Um, it all started with the fact that like I was actually complaining on Twitter about the fact that none of my dynasty leagues would trade. It was mm-hmm. very little activity anywhere. And uh, both you and JD from the GOAT district both came to me and said, uh, you know, like I, I've I've got a league format that ends up being, you know, very active in trading. Um, let's let's get you into one of these leagues. JD got me into a, uh, a dispersal and you started up Trade Addict 6. Um, and you know that like the the whole point was to, so that i could finally get involved in a dynasty league that freaking trades yeah. to a point where i feel like i can make a trade maybe it's going to be you know and and it's going to be risky for me but i can i can make this trade even if i lose the trade because i'm going to have an opportunity to make it up with my next trade yep i have not felt that in very many leagues throughout my my career in dynasty mm-hmm. there i still have like my home leagues it still feels like i've got to be really careful with the trades i make because this might be the the last trade that i make for you know for five six months yeah that's and rough. that's not a good feeling no. um it, it it's also not playing the game by the way yes. like the the trading is a big part of this entire game and you know, I, I think that a lot of people get into it, you know, even strategizing a little bit. Like you go into the startup thinking, you know, I can, uh, you always say, you know, draft for value, trade for need. Mm-hmm. And people go into their startups feeling that way, thinking, you know, that's going to be my strategy here. And then, you know, draft this this roster that's just loaded with value, but is certainly not ready to fill out a lineup and then completely unable to make a trade (laughs) throughout (laughs) the rest of the non-point scoring season. And then they have to take this ultra valuable, but very low productivity (laughs) roster into the season. I guess, I mean, just kind of bottom line, like what what would you say to a commissioner in that situation? How, it, like what can be done to start to, you know, to to drive activity and to get some trade activity? I mean, maybe that maybe there's some superficial things that you can do. Um, I know that the the bottom line is it just, you know, it's it's just kind of the, the league makeup. But I mean, is are there other things that can be done? Are you ready for the bad answer? Yeah, I am. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing you can do to force trades. Uh, there are, uh, I have seen many ideas and I have tried one or two along the way to force trade activity and it never works. 
Yeah. It, it it leads to people trading fourth round picks, just swapping them because they have to make a trade in some way, shape, or form. It leads to them putting Antonio Callaway on their trade bait because you force people to update their trade bait. Like there's there's literally no way you can force trades. The re, like the best way is filling it with the people that want to trade. Like that's the kind of people that me and JD bring along. I mean, that's just, that's the honest truth that, you know, trade addicts is the name trade addicts and JD always uses hashtag always be trading. So it's the kind of people that we just bring into a league. You know, I tweet out, Hey, trade addicts nine is starting. Who wants to come in? I get lists of hundreds of people and I know every single one of them that want to come in are going to be willing to trade because that's just, again, a, I name my leagues that just to make the extra point <laughs> and, and B assuming they know who I am and what I do, then that that's another thing. And I purposely make my leagues on the cheaper side. That's another, that's one thing. Like when you're setting up the league, that's one thing you can do. I like um, that. The trade addicts leagues are $42. A, because 42 is the answer to life, the universe and everything. <laughs> so I went with it. And also got to have your towel with you though. Damn straight. Don't panic. And to, uh, I always do A2 and B uh, <laughs> it's only that much because we donate a decent amount. We donate like two and a half buy-ins to charity. The buy-in the buy is $42. I think we do $108 to charity. So otherwise they would all be much lower buy-ins. And also three, you keep them low because people won't be as afraid to make dumb trades if it's not expensive. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you want to make your league a little bit because some people... When I, okay, take a step back. Like I said before, I, my leagues are filled completely randomly, 90% randomly. Like most of the people that get into the Trade Addicts leagues, I pick at random. Like I get a huge list of names and I put them in a random list generator and that's how I get who's in them. If it's someone I don't know, I will always DM them. I'm like, hey, saw you had interest, your name came up. Okay, the point of Trade Addicts leagues is for fun. They are low buy-in because I want people to be able to do things they may not ordinarily do in other leagues. In you know, high stakes leagues, you're going to be way too careful. You're going to be way too afraid to make these moves. That's the opposite of this. The point of these leagues are fun. They are to experiment, to build teams the way you never have before. And if your answer to all of this is winning is fun, then this isn't the league for you. That's of course winning matters. Winning is fun. You win money. There is money on the line. But that, that's not the distinct purpose of these leagues. It's for interaction. It's for movement. It's for trading. And it's to have a good time. So that, I, I even say, like, okay, I'm going to give you my little spiel now. Like, like, like as, right, as I copy and paste that into a DM. Maybe you need to do that with the people you bring into your league. Let them know that your goal is to have an active league. And while there's no way you can force trading, you don't intend to force trading, just always keep an open mind. And that's really the best thing you could do is have people come in knowing what you want. Um, I had a league where we created punishments for not answering uh, trade uh, offers. That's the word. Mm -hmm. It worked a little bit. Like I, first time was a warning. Second time you lost fab. Third time you lost a second round draft pick. And the fourth time you got booted. We never booted anybody. I had to take away a pick once in like the three, four years of that league. 
but it doesn't mean all that many trades got made. It just means everyone just kept clicking reject and not commenting or or uh, commenting or countering. That's the words. You, there's literally no way to force people to make trades. You can force people to hit the reject button. That's fine, mm -hmm. but there's no way to force trades. But yeah. So one, one another thing that you do, I, I mean, I think that the buy-in is a is a huge like that's a big key to it. Um, you know, by keeping it cheap, it, it doesn't feel like as big of a risk to make yeah. a trade that you could potentially lose. Exactly. You know, um, but the other thing that you do, and we talked about this in, in one of the previous episodes, I can't even keep them straight anymore. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> but, you know, when we talked about roster sizes, we talked about the yes. fact that, you know, you prefer the the activity in the league to be through trades and that's why you have larger roster size upwards of you know 30 30 roster spots not counting taxi and ir and i you know i uh, again like i kind of came into it with you know very jaded without a whole lot of experience with an active league and you know at that point you know, most of my experience had been improving my roster through waivers mm -hmm. and through the rookie draft. And so, you know, that was kind of the proclivity that I had coming into it was, uh, you know, th this is what I know is, mm -hmm. again, fixing my roster through making good waiver moves. And so that's what I prefer. I And I, I like to have more fertile waivers because, you know, I like the the fact that I can go get those guys cheap without taking on the risk of making a trade. And now I don't have to trade for those guys because they're they're available on waivers instead. I don't have to go through trade negotiations with somebody who doesn't actually want to trade. I can just go get the guy that I need off of waivers. Um, so, you know, where we said the sweet spot is for, you know, for just kind of a, a balanced um, flow of activity is probably in the neighborhood of 27, 28 roster spots. Mm -hmm. um, you know, back to that, that premise, I guess it, the, the more roster spots you have, the harder it's going to be to find those players on waivers. And therefore you're going to have to trade for them. And so I, I, I mean, I think that that's another thing that, uh, that you kind of do to, to trade activity, um, or, you know, to drive that trade activity. Um, I am, I, I am kind of curious, so, like I've been thinking a lot about, so the, the super flex, super show listener league, the vampire league, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out because it's been it's, it, for the last couple of years or for our first couple of years of it, you know, people have, have had the option to just bench all their starters when you play against a vampire and, you know, just take the loss and then, but then, you know, you've got crap in your lineup, which is what the vampire can steal from. And they can't touch players on your bench, only the players in your starting lineup. And so we end up with, with teams just laying down for the vampire and then giving them nothing and the vampires aren't getting any better. And, and it's just really kind of defeating the purpose of the league a little bit. And so I've been thinking a lot about how to fix that. And it feels a lot like a carrot and stick type of theme. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, you can, you can, you know, you can penalize people for, you know, for not responding to trade offers. You can penalize people 
for not starting, you know, an optimal lineup in the vampire league, whatever. Like that's, that's kind of the stick, right? But what's yeah. the carrot? How do you, how do you kind of incentivize that type of movement? And, you know, I, I, what I, I haven't figured that out for the vampire league. I think that there might be some ways to do it in terms of trade activity. I'm, I'm kind of curious about this. Um, I, I mean, and a couple things that I've heard, um, just to, just to kind of run it by you, I guess, but man, some kind of trade insurance. I don't love that one, but I think that it feels like it, it would feel a little bit more doable to people. Like if you just, if you end up absolutely getting crushed in this trade, you end up with, you know, like a compensatory draft pick or something like that. Yeah. How do you measure that though? Right. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing. Well, like where do you draw the line? And I, and I mean, well, okay. So let me, if you as a commissioner are willing to track this, mm-hmm. I'm in leagues that allow conditional trades kind of like they do in the NFL. Yeah. Like, Carson Wentz recently, I know I'm killing the evergreenness of this. Carson Wentz recently got traded for, it was like a 21 third and 22 second that if yeah. he starts like 70% of the games goes to a first. So mm-hmm. that, that, that last pick is a conditional pick. I've seen, like I've been in leagues that allow that. So you could say, I'm going to trade, I'm going to do it again, Adam Thielen for the 110 but if Adam Thielen scores this many points in the playoffs, less than this many points, I actually get the 203. Yeah. Or plays so, more than a season or something like that. Yeah. Exa- well, I mean, you don't want to go that long because <laughs> that's, that's kind of <laughs> rough. But I guess you can go for a season. But like, like, especially if you're doing something short term, I think it really, that's a way you can do it. So like, if this doesn't happen, the pick drops back. So you sort of, as the commissioner, go in and execute the trade to switch it what the pick that was sold for mm-hmm. it's fun it's a lot of work and makes getting a deal done very hard you need yeah. the right kind of people for that yeah but that's uh, yeah all i could say is that's a lot it's fun don't get me wrong if you're the right person for that getting yeah. to figure that stuff out is so much fun and there's literally no way to put that in a trade calculator to tell you if it's fair or not so right i mean that makes it a little difficult um the last thing i will say about driving activity as the commissioner, put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's grown to be called the outhouse challenge. I get bored and I tell a league, Some I used to tell all my leagues, now I'm in too many, send me a trade offer and I will put a, a poll on Twitter. If the side you were going to send to me wins, I'll accept the trade. Yeah. That drives some freaking trade, <laughs> trade <laughs> activity. Um, out of curiosity, how many of those actually end up going through? How many of those do you end up accepting? Not too, not too many. The, well, the very first time I did it at all my leagues, I got over a hundred offers, but like thirteen, I think, went through. Um, that's it was. It's a low percentage, offers. but like, is is just as a number of trades being made? That's it was. Uh, yeah, and that's a good amount. And especially because then people see the offer. Like, I send you an offer, and you reject it. None of the the rest of the league doesn't know there was an offer made. Yeah, but you put it on Twitter. Everyone sees what you're offering. They can come and go, come and get one of those guys you were sending out because maybe they didn't think that person was, you know, on the block or anything. Which yeah. everyone should be up for trade. That's besides the point. Man, you're like, 
<laughs> I could have been done with trading 18 minutes ago, but you, of course, just had to keep me going. Not going to let it happen, my um, friend. Oh, the chance. problem with that is people still think they can get crappy trades put through. And I'm like, no, like you don't understand. The point of this is to take advantage of groupthink and find people, players that the community completely overvalues and get players that actually produce or you think have more value. Yeah. Like uh, my trade addicts co-host Rocky put a, the, was the only person in the last, I did this like a month ago. It was only two leagues, but he was the only person that pulled a trade off because he put Justin Herbert on the trade. And of course, mm -hmm. in a super flex league, Justin Herbert's going to win. Um, and as you've heard on super flex city slash junkies, Rocky is a late, later less value quarterback guy so he got kirk cousins and cam Akers and a bunch of good players and i got justin herbert which don't get me wrong i'm not sad about it but mm -hmm. I, I lost a couple of good players and it was just because he knew people will see the word superflex, they will see the name justin herbert and they will vote for that side yeah no but that's besides the point um and also what i did was this past weekend like it literally just happened in trade addicts eight i i just i jumped in a second chance dispersal and I grabbed Julio Jones because I figured I'd be able to sell him, even though my team I'm going to end up needing to rebuild because usually leaving a dispersal, your team's not great. And I've physically not been able to move him. Like I got the 208 for Julio Jones rejected. So I put out there on the message board, like I'm moving. This was on Friday. On By Monday, Julio Jones is off my team. Send me an offer. I'll accept the one I think is the best. Yeah. Um, and again, to kill the evergreenness of it, I got LaVisca Chenault. Right. And for the direction of my team, I'm super happy about that. Mm. Their startup value isn't that far apart from each other, which just says ridiculous how low people are on Julio Jones, but that's besides the point. Um, but again, it, it I got four or five offers. And the second mine went through, two people messaged me about Chenault. Like there's, and again, they could have been talking to the original Chenault owner. They just never thought to. They're like, yeah. oh, wait, I do like Chenault. Let, let me let's I'm gonna send you something later. Like putting yourself out there and you making moves, even if you don't think they're the right ones, it's for the good of the league. Sometimes you take a little bit of a loss. You know, I went like 14 years without winning a league I ran. Sometimes it's because I just did shit to make shit happen. And sometimes it's because I'm bad at fantasy football and the fantasy gods hate me. Those are but we're gonna ignore those two. <laughs> but like that's unfortunately kind of what you have to do. You want there to be activity, lead by example, do stuff to make stuff happen. My my favorite part of what you're talking about is the fact that you're kind of putting it out there for the entire league instead mm -hmm. of just kind of entering into exclusive negotiations with one other GM. But and even like, like, especially like even because what I did at first was I offered Julio to every single team that made the playoffs last year or the, and the, with the one or two that were close, yeah. I'm not going to offer the last place team Julio Jones. It's just silly at this point. Right. And then they all got rejected. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put it in their hands and let's see if either, and it, like, cause if I get nothing or if I get, Oh, I sent you a 22 third, just in case nobody else sends you anything like, which absolutely, which happens. But you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. That's fine. But like, at least you're, putting yourself out there to make something happen and it wouldn't have worked. It didn't work. Just offering a trade to every single team, putting it out there for everyone to see it builds yeah. a little bit. Like you're like, I want to see if I can get him cheap, but I can't get him too cheap because someone else might send something a little better. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that part of the problem when you were just sending, you know, individual offers, even though they all got them, they don't know that they all got them. So when when you put it out there for everybody, it kind of shifts the mindset 
of, of everybody in the league. And, and I mean, the same thing happens with the outhouse challenge because, you know, it, <laughs> here's the problem it is just, just by and large, there's a complete lack of empathy when it comes to this game. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of socio sociopaths, at least in, in, in my home leagues, obviously, present company excluded <laughs> including like you know everybody who's listening to this podcast um you're you're you know you're listening because you're a, a commissioner or soon to be commissioner with empathy <laughs> but <laughs> you want to make things better yeah yeah the average dynasty player the average fantasy po- football player does not have that they all consider themselves gordon gecko this like cutthroat businessman Who's just gonna over leverage, you know, every single trade, um, and just just alpha male people? It's gonna be like Dwight Schrute. Just just say yes. Three, two, one. Say it. Say it now. You know, like they think that's the way trade negotiations are going to go and should go. That's that's your goal is to just dominate a trade, and very few people kind of look at it and say, like, what. What benefits both sides? What makes sense for both sides? It's so rare that I get a trade offer that makes sense for my roster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know that you want my player. What the hell sense does it make for me to send you, you know, my 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 top running back for your, you know, for your top wide receiver when your top wide receiver would be my, you know, fourth best wide receiver? Yeah. Like, why does that, why would that make sense? Why would I do that? People don't think in those terms, but when you put it out there for the entire league and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll accept the best offer. Like all of a sudden they have to think about like, how do I make, how do I come up with an offer that's beneficial to you to a point where you're going to pick my proposal over somebody else's, you know, just that little tweak in that mindset is all it takes to really drive an offer. So, you know, what I, I like, I agree with you that, that, you know, kind of leading the charge on it is something that'll help drive trade activity in general. But like the other piece that I really like that you're doing is, you know, involving the entire league instead of letting that one person think that like, I'm only, I'm only dealing with you. I'm either, you know, either we're going to make a deal or nothing's going to happen because they think that that's trade leverage. They think that that's power (laughs) (laughs) and it's not, it's not supposed to be that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that a little bit more of an, of an open market, you know, I think would, uh, would go a long ways. Um, the one other thing, I guess, you know, kind of staying on that, that empathy thread a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I've seen a few different ideas. Um, I'm not totally sure how I feel about them, how to make them work. You know, there was the trade insurance. The other thing that I saw the other day is a pro bowl where, so you like, you split your, uh, your league into two conferences Mm -hmm. and then, um, at the end of the season, you know, week 17, basically. I mean, I think you could, uh, you could do it week 16. You could be doing it simultaneously at the same time as the, uh, as your championship and your, you know, your third place, your toilet bowl, whatever. 
but basically like the the two conferences kind of get together and put out two lineups together or just you know just one they each put out put out one massive lineup um everybody sets their lineup and then you just mash them all together six That's lineups in, in one yeah essentially and um you know there's a payout for every for each one of the GMs on the winning conference of the pro bowl. And like, it, it doesn't seem on like on paper that doesn't necessarily th- seem like the type of thing that drives trade activity. But what it does is now you have an, you have a vested interest in the roster health of all of the teams in your conference. Because, you know, if, if, if we're in the same conference together, you've got a, a team that's competing for a championship. My team is kind of rebuilding and we want to trade together. There's still, you know, there's there's still motive for you to keep my roster healthy rather than just railroading me on a trade, you know. It's actually a really cool idea. Like the trades aside, that I never heard of that. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I might I have to find it- a way to work that into something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea anyways. I mean, like anytime this is part of what I like about the vampire league too, is because I, I do think that there's still that same motivation for the other 11 teams in, you know, in your division to keep each other healthy so that they can, they can all kind of work together to beat the vampire. You know, uh, mm-hmm. when, when, when any number of teams kind of have a common goal, I think that it's a I think it's a cool thing. I think it's a it's a fun thing. I think it's better for the league. And again, I think it's probably going to tra- drive trade activity. So so I kind of liked it just for that. I liked it for the fact that you do have, you know, without being collusion, you still have this group of play, of of teams kind of working together a little bit. Yeah. You know, uniting under a common a common goal. Um I like that, but you know, I just got to thinking about it too. And I was like, again, that, that kind of heightens that sense of empathy that we're especially kind of going for. If you for like, let's say you're doing a 12 team league, you do six and six and you force it to be two players from every team. Yeah. Like if that worst team doesn't have that second player, maybe you take it a little easy on that, you know, trade to send him a startable player to get yeah. on his team. That's super interesting. I, I'm going to yeah. like, I'm gonna have to find a way to work that into a league. I think even better, I think would just be one, one monster lineup, you know, all six teams putting, putting forth, you know, an entire like nine or 10 player roster or nine or 10 player lineup. So that like, it's not just your top two players that you're sending. I mean, you're sending your entire lineup. So basically, even if you've got a team that's tanking um, or, you know, going for that 101 you still want that team that the the worst team in your in your conference to be better than the worst team in the <laughs> other conference actually. like at the very least that's kind of what you want you know so I like it, it. yeah yeah i think it would be a cool idea um i don't think that we have time for waivers <laughs> i know how sad is that that okay since we're not going to get to waivers because i just we're going for 45 minutes already yeah. i was going to use this as a transition because it sort of sort of deals with both sure the one last way to make a couple of extra trades mm-hmm. is i don't allow zero like we do blind bids we don't do waiver priority and i don't allow zero dollar 
waiver claims or pickups. No, that's a lie. Hold on. Yes, both. I don't allow $0 waiver claims and first come first serve ads are mm -hmm. $2. Hmm. This creates the need to trade for fab later in the season. Um, I've had many, many, many every year. Let's say I have many people that go, Hey man, I tried to pick up this guy. And they won't let me. And I'm like, well, do you have any fab? No, but it's a first come first serve. Well, if you read the rules, you'd see it costs $2. Yeah. What am I supposed to do now? I'll trade you a fourth, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, trade me a fourth and I'll give you 15 bucks. And, and that again, it's something small. It's something stupid, but it's a trade. It gets something done. It forces someone to do something. Um, yeah, I know budgeting is not fun and it's a little, it's not a rule. Like I stand by, it's not like the, like, I don't, it's just something I thought of at the last second to make it sure. something. Cause otherwise fab is just pointless as a trading asset not in general but already my 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 waiver wires aren't very fruitful and then towards the end of the season it's even worse but sometimes you need that first come first serve guy to fill a lineup or something happens at the last minute or there is a guy that's worth adding at the last minute like i've traded my entire fab for a second round pick before because a quarterback became available that was on the waiver wire it's like that gardner Minshew kind of uh, idea um james robinson same thing you know he was a waiver pickup for a lot of leagues and people traded for fab just to make sure that it wasn't going to be a full fab versus full fab and whoever got it in first gets him they, mm -hmm. they got they made some insurance that they would get the guy so it, it is making fab tradable because most of the times in my league it's not worth that much but at the yeah. end of the season especially it gains a little value yeah. Most people hate that. I'll put it I, out I there. Kinda, Most I, people don't like it. And I, I get that. I love it. <laughs> Nobody does. I get it. And yeah. honestly, like I, you know, if I had to track it myself, I would not, I would never do it. Thankfully, MFL does it, but I get it. <laughs> I absolutely get that you don't think to look at your fab when you're just doing first come, first serve pickups. But yeah, it's, it, it's fun for me. And, you know, I'm a bit of a math guy. And, Budget your damn money. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair for sure. I, I think that's important. I mean, I think people, you know, need to need to stay on top of that stuff. Um, I don't like I, I just don't like the the position that they end up in where 100 somebody understand. else and i get it i absolutely get it and it's not something i like i die i won't die on this hill sure. if someone's like this is the worst idea ever and i'm just like it's not great <laughs> i get it it's just something i had when i created the first league and all the rules are the same so they it's stuck i'm not going to change it uh it's it's not a big deal is really what it comes down to so it's just another small little thing that it's not going to, at the end of the season, nobody's going to create, no one's going to create a trade to trade away Stefan Diggs because they need fab. Like this is going to be a stupid little something, but it's, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> when one person sees like, oh crap, they just got 20 extra fab. What do they need? They go, they search that guy. Oh crap. And they're going to go trade their second for 40. Like it's, it can create some stuff. It's never going to be anything too big, but it's something. And like you said before, something can lead to something. And something, I've, 
I'm not going to say something anymore. One trade can lead to another trade or just it's a trade that happens and activity is activity. And that's what you want in your league. So it's just another small thing that I get it. Nobody really likes. I thought it was clever in the beginning. And then honestly, I don't even care about it anymore, but yeah. it is what it is. And it's just another way that can create another trade or two. That, that's all it is. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, we're sitting here trying to brainstorm ideas. That's one of many ways to, you know, even if it only drags out one or two trades, I mean, you're, you're that much closer to consistent activity, which is, that's the sweet spot. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it, it, at this point with, a, you know, 48 minutes in, I think, uh, I don't even think we really have time to actually get to even the money piece, which I think is going to be super quick. We'll save that for yeah, we'll, we'll do waivers and money too. Now the and, real lesson of this podcast was get you someone who knows you better than yourself. There you <laughs> because go. I said this was going to be eight minutes and John's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk trades in eight minutes. Not even possible. Uh, <laughs> trade addict, man. Not, not, not even recovering addict at this point. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to tease the money thing just mm -hmm. real quick. Um, because I've got one little follow-up question for you. I think it can be super quick. Mm -hmm. But back to trade deadlines. Um, obviously, in season, I think that you and I agree. I mean, in, in fact, but just, just to show how the sausage was made from the very beginning, like all of this started with, I did an episode here on Superflex City talking about trade deadlines and mm -hmm. how I think they're pointless. And... You had some very specific thoughts on it as well. We ended up basically agreeing. We had a pretty long conversation about it and decided that, you know what, we should be having this conversation on a podcast on a regular basis. And now here we are. <laughs> you know? Well, the funny thing is you said it as a joke. And then the next day I came to you with like a three page outline of what <laughs> yeah. we should talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, so all, but all of this started with trade deadline talk yep. and we, here we are like seven episodes in, we finally got to the trade deadline thing. I think that's kind of funny, but um, it like in that amount of time, like since then the season ended, uh, you know, the, the, where people would normally put their trade deadlines that kind of came and passed. And now like I've got a little bit of a caveat to it. I'm feeling as a commissioner, I'm feeling a little bit like there should be a trade deadline, but it's not in season. It's right after the season ends and it's, you know, you, you can't, you can't resume trading until you've paid your next buy-in essentially. I get that. Um, again, that comes down to the people that, that are in your league. Um, I yeah. do have one league. Well, that's also a very good point. We never, we, I said that, deadline should be kickoff of playoffs i think mm -hmm. started trading should start again the second playoffs are over or maybe the second the super bowl is over um i think you should no i think you should do the, the second the fantasy playoffs are over you should allow it to go because every every playoff game is an island game in which case that's that drives player value but when the world watches one player do something great on tv when there's no other games on that creates trade opportunity so but I am in a league that turns off trading and waivers from end of the Super Bowl to the end of February. Like they're like, mm -hmm. this is chill time. 
We we all love fantasy football. You're in plenty of leagues. Just this is the league where you're we're not going to do anything for two months. <laughs> and I hate it because I'm me, but I respect it. Yeah. Um, yes, if you are, but like what John said, if you are in a league where you need to worry about actually getting paid, and we will talk about my feelings about they've they've changed a bit um, about getting paid. That's that's a very smart move. Is if you're in a league with strangers or if you've had bad luck, which again is something we'll get into later that's a great idea mm-hmm. and i think i think both ryan mcdowell and scott fish do that where you're not allowed to make moves until you've paid for the next i think you did that with the vampire league also yeah and in it by the way that one's not because i don't trust anyone it's just a big league <laughs> yeah it's a very big league yeah. there's there's a lot of and and people are kind of coming and going and you know it's it's it, it doesn't always like people don't always drop out right at the end of the season. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I I'm still, we're still going to have people drop out here in, you know, um, it March and April and have to replace them, you know, um, it, even the, it'll even happen over the summer a little bit where people sure. again drop out and I'm going to be like, but man, like I, you were trading that whole time and now you've ruined this but, team. Yeah. Like the ho- <laughs> what you have to hope is that they didn't trade knowing they were leaving and make stupid moves. You have to right. trust you had the person that didn't know they were leaving in April. So they made some trades and then they had to leave in June because they, they couldn't spend the money or whatever. They just needed to cut back. Totally. Never be never be upset that someone leaves. It doesn't matter what the reason is. But sure. you just have to hope that they didn't trade knowing they were leaving so they didn't trash their team. Because if they thought they were going to still play, then they're making smart moves. Yeah. And whether it's the smart move the a, a new owner, sorry, GM would have made, who knows? You can never say. But it's still, it's not a move that ruined a team for the sake of ruining a team. Yeah. The other thing I would say about it, this is kind of a do as a, do as I say, not as I do. I'm full of that. Um, or yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit of learn from my mistakes. Uh, but the other problem that I run into in the Vampire League is, um, you know, so I shut off trading. Basically, the, the, the Vampire League does have a trade deadline. It's prior to the playoffs. And the reason for that is, again, you've got a common goal. You've got a common interest in defeating the Vampire. There's actually reason to... Uh, you know, to make bad trades to help load up the the playoff teams to beat the vampire, you know, just for the continuation of the league, um, and and we don't want that. You know, we don't want we don't want super teams coming together in the playoffs. Just right, because <laughs> it's there's like I said before, that's creating. You're not all at the same playing level when it comes to right. trades there, because you have. There's no reason for you to trade with the vampire during the playoffs. So that is pretty much uh, some can and one can't. Yeah. So that is absolutely right. There should be a trade deadline there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of one of the f- the few exceptions to the rule. So there's a trade deadline for playoff eligible teams. As soon as you're eliminated from playoff contention, you're allowed to continue trading. And then once the season is over, trading is shut off for everybody until until payments have been made the problem is uh, what i would say um you know speaking through experience here is if you're going to do that be prepared to start accepting payment right away yes Um, i i'm i'm kind of not there's a lot of people who are very motivated to to pay their next buy-in they want to come back to the league 
and you know they 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 know that and they're they're trying to you know to pay their buy-in and uh you know i just have other logistics to deal with first before oh, i can start before you do any so, of that you get your fresh new google sheet ready yeah <laughs> get it yep. yeah that's it yep i yeah. have i have a cleansing moment where i delete all of my you know i put an x next to a, a person's name after they paid or and like who who won what payouts it's like a cleansing moment of going through every tab and just deleting those columns <laughs> yeah. and then yeah nice and ready for the next season to start and prepare people to start paying yep I, yeah. I completely get it yeah so i'm basically what i'm telling you is i'm screwing up on that one right now so yeah don't do it the way i do it because it's kind of not fair <laughs> or if people. you do just be ready for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that uh but next next time um, it, we won't be a month off, but, uh, and then we'll get into, we'll talk some more about the money part of mm -hmm. it, the buy-ins, the payouts, stuff like that. We can also talk about waivers, mm -hmm. um, you know, fab versus, uh, versus, uh, waivers. You know, wa waiver runs. Waiver yeah. priority. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and the various oh, systems there. We're in. definitely gonna have to do this more often. We still have playoffs, toilet bowl, rookie draft, tanking, uh, league changes, Yep. And, uh, and know, then the startup, like we have a lot to go through. So we're going to have to start. There's, there's still plenty. And I mean, we, and we haven't really talked about a whole lot of, you know, gimmicks and, and various settings and stuff like that, you know, specialty settings, stuff like that. And you we know what, like if anytime you guys have anything that, you know, any, anything you want, anything you want to suggest, anything you'd like us to hit on, just, just, you know, you can DM us, either one of us individually. Um, you can DM at Superflex City. Uh, just make sure you, um, you know, you, you, you know, label it as a, uh, a commissioner topic, mm -hmm. a sweet spot topic. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, um, happy to, uh, you know, what, even, even when, once we get, beyond this uh this outline for startups i think that we'd be happy to keep it going yeah yeah sure. yeah so anything you've got let us know for now let's adjourn the meeting of the commissioner's office pound the gavel <laughs> <laughs>